like that Rosie commented on every single question on here and tried to kind of wrap up every question that anyone asked, having never been to Stalic herself, and having probably no idea of what, she, what it was she was talking about. <laughs> but it seemed to answer all the questions uh, concisely, succinctly. Uh, thanks for your help, Rosie. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter. It's banter behind the throne. Hello, and welcome to episode 76 of Banter Behind the Throne. My name is Tony Makos. I am here with our usual hosts. They are Mr. David Bamford. Hello, hello, hello. And Mr. Thomas Peel. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing, guys? Answer all together so I can't make out anything you say. Oh, fantastic. This episode is going to be mainly our pre-Stalic episode. Most of uh, most of this will be concentrating on next weekend, not this weekend, uh, on the, I believe it's the weekend of the 18th of November, will be the massive European tournament that takes place in style again. When it's listening to this, knows exactly what we're talking about. So we'll do a little bit of prep about what's happening in style. Myself and Dave will be going. Peel, unfortunately, will not be. What's the score with that, Peel? Well, at the time, I couldn't get the holiday off, and uh, now it's just too late, and yeah. Wasn't really listening. It's a terrible excuse. <laughs> it was, yeah. Um, no, unfortunately, we had a stag during the summer. I booked off a lot of holiday then, and that, uh, I've changed jobs recently, and it's all just up in the air. So it's probably best I'm not coming for my bank. How many times have you been to Starlight before? Twice. Twice. So you're very, very well learned in the ups and downs of how to prepare for the weekend. I know the score. I know the you deal. Do. I know how I- it goes down when you're over there. And Dave, how many Starlacks have you been to? I've been to three Starlacks. This will be your fourth. Excellent. This will be my third. I think we're pretty we're pretty well prepared. Well, actually, that's not true at all. I'm not prepared at all for the bloody weekend <laughs> in any way, shape or form. In the broadest possible sense. You have been there before and therefore you vaguely know where the kebab shop is. <laughs> and that is all you can ask from a man who's going to Starlack. For the third time. <laughs> the limits of my 2017 preparation seem to be I've bought a plane ticket there, I've bought a plane ticket back, and I hope the B&B still has my booking. <laughs> That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. I see discussions left, right and centre about who's playing what, where, how many people will thrash, how many other people, how many countries are coming. <sighs> yeah, everyone's much more prepared than I am. That seems like a hassle, talking about all of that. It's not really indulging in the whole theme of the whole isn't this a lovely time which is what it's all about and it just so happens that people are also playing really competitive thrones in the background yeah isn't it interesting and this i mean this happens this isn't anyone's fault but isn't it interesting that the people being hyper competitive about stalic online and preparing like crazy are the people that have never been before. Now, now this is this is expected, this is usual, they don't really know what they're in for. I have a feeling these people, when it comes to this time next year, they'll, they'll, they'll be looking forward to different things, let's put it that less way. Prepared. Less prepared. Um, less prepared is better prepared, I think, when it comes to... I think the more prepared you are, the worse you will do. Indeed. Yeah. If you're preparing for a weekend of cards, you're fucked. You are just genuinely fucked. Cards are literally the least of your worries this weekend. (laughs) Worries in quotes, yeah. And if you worry about cards and manage to make cards your top priority, then really you've had a terrible weekend. So, uh, yeah, shame on you in advance. There'll be a hundred things that you've missed out on if you spend so much time uh, concentrating on being concerned with, uh, with with playing Thrones, which is a kind of weird thing to say up front, but um, <laughs> I've, I've heard it described as a kind of, you know, holiday camp away for Thrones players. Uh, and I think, you know, I, I can see why. It, th- th- there's, there's, there's so much going on that we kind of thought, 
this afternoon that we would ask on social media those people that have never been to Startup before if there was anything in particular that they wanted to know about spending a weekend there from us Stalic veterans. Nim, 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 nim. We are. Um, so we've got some questions that we'll go through later on, uh, some of which will be useful, some of which won't. Hopefully we can provide some insight and some useful information for those folk so that they can chill the fuck out. Uh, so, yeah, we'll get to that later on. The other thing I guess we should talk about is we just had the 2017 World Championships of a Game of Thrones Card Games Edition, which took place in Minnesota, as it normally does, for better or for worse. <laughs> So we're in the kind of aftermath of the of the of, of the world championship. So we have a new we have a new world champion. Is also our European champion. We did a little bit of an alternative commentary evening on last Friday, together with the lovely guys from the Southern Bannerman podcast. So thanks to Ben Davy for being a criminal and <laughs> <laughs> hijacking the FFG stream so that we could talk shit over it. Uh, Dave, you were involved in that. You probably did a lot more of it than I did. How did it go? I was on all day, like from from beginning to end. Um, and we had a cracking time talking about all the different games. Um, yeah, Ben is a criminal. He now can't stream for X number of months because we hijacked their stream. I do take an element of responsibility there because I did advertise the alternate stream in the mainstream. <laughs> uh, so sorry, Ben, but it was for the greater good of trying to get people to listen to us rather than listen to whoever FFG had on, who allegedly this year were good. But I can't believe that after the travesty that was last year. Yeah, no one wanted that to happen again. But yeah, I've heard many good things about the FFG stream as well. And obviously, it's always good to be the unofficial, the, you know, the, the, the kind of unofficial participants. I was on for a game and a half, I think, on the Friday. Saw the beginning of the top 16, I believe it was, before I had to go out. There was a worry when I left that uh, a combo deck would go on and win. Thankfully, I was delighted to find out when I got home about half past midnight that <laughs> said combo deck had been put out in the top four. And uh, we had an Austrian winner who was the same Austrian winner of the European Championships. Reinhard playing uh, uh, Targaryen Crossing. So congratulations to Reinhard. Um, from all accounts, he is a stellar cracking chap. I've met him in passing, but really couldn't you know, give you any words on the quality of his character. But uh, from what I hear, he is a lovely chap. So uh, I look forward to hopefully seeing him next weekend. And if not, then uh, seeing him at European events next year. But he has signed the mat, and that's what's possible. That's what's important. <laughs> Good stuff. Well, the pressure's on that man. I, I, I can't say that I would like to be in his shoes. <laughs> I mean, he's got two card designs. There's only so much he can fuck up from here, right? Like, he can never win another game. And people were like, well, he has two card designs. He's clearly Jesus. Like, who did the, 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 you know, the people he matches, Ryan Jones, Jakob Holtman, uh, mm. Sam Bratt, Bruno Atkinson, like, these are the, the Thrones Illuminati. And mm. some of them actually almost live up to that title. Um, mm. they're really, <laughs> really quality players. Uh, so two card designs is, is is a mean feat. I mean, we only have one card design in this house, as I speak. Uh, so <laughs> quite disappointing. <laughs> I mean, next weekend it could be different. We could actually it won't be because it's Starlek and they don't give card designs that anymore. But uh, you know, next year it could be different. <laughs> but uh, as this semi-competitive house with its one card design it says to those people with two card designs, well played, sir. Uh, you've done your done your duty. I wouldn't <laughs> like to. I, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to deal with that level of pressure uh, personally. Not that I'm ever going to be in a position to be under that level of pressure when it comes to thrones. But <laughs> being, being European champion and then world champion and going to somewhere like Stalek, which is very much, if you consider it a kind of, you know, a set of stairs, you do have you have a European, then you're up a step to worlds, and then you're up another step to Stalek, really, aren't you? Stalek is very much the top step. Certainly, the year I went, it was night and day. Like Worlds was a a tough competition. I don't get me wrong, like, but getting to Starlek, I getting you know making the cut in Worlds, making the cut in Starlek. Starlek was a a lot more difficult. You know, you know, a lot more games where I really you know feared for my bacon. 
And this is a <laughs> so so yeah yeah there's some, there's some more first edition uh, first edition knowledge for you of course you know you know. <laughs> like, this is what it used to be it was more difficult now who gives a fuck <laughs> yeah. if I was Reinhardt I'd just retire become a judge go to Stalek kind of condescendingly frown at anyone kind of playing in the joust <laughs> and uh, you know wear wear a massive t-shirt that says European champion on the Friday and then a massive t-shirt that says world champion on the Saturday <laughs> and you know punt around the place like I, like I like I owned it but not having anything to prove anymore that's fair. Yeah. Well, fancy that, because uh, one of the people on this podcast is a judge at Starlight. So that is a good opportunity to bring that up. And and the judge does accept bribes. Ah, so I hear. <laughs> do you have a cap? I don't know. The cap is TBC. I really hope you do get a cap, though. So do I feel. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you get a cap that just says judge on it, I'd be like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I you're just, not real. Just wear it when you go to the pub, just judge. <laughs> not What's that from? Anyone ever asks for a judge in any form of ruling, in any form of social situation, and you have that cap on you, you can legally give advice. Is, is that so? That's really useful professionally. Yeah. <laughs> if you're at the bar, and if you're at the bar and you you buy you buy a pint with a twenty, and the guy gives you change out of ten, yeah. you know, so you should be able to go. Uh, and the guy says, "No, no, no, you only give me a ten. No, I'll give you a twenty. You should be able to call for a judge." That's situations like that where you're arguing with another with another human being where you need someone to come over and uh, adjudicate that kind of situation you need you to pop up in the background with your stylet cap on <laughs> and basically go I saw it it was purple it was definitely a 20 <laughs> it was the horrible old texture not one of those new slippery ones which you can't figure out how many are there they stick together in your wallet they literally was when you've got clearly tenors yeah, the size was definitely a 20, but those new tenors, I must admit, I'm sorry, but I hate them with all my heart. Fucking despise them. Have you got, like, the clear plasticky ones? Yeah. We have you proper know. tenors, yeah. You know, the new yeah. ones. Living in civilization, Tony, they have arrived here. Well, I was trying to say that I got one of them, I got one of them on Saturday for the first time and was properly wow. kind of, Ooh, <laughs> I can run this through the washing machine, yeah? <laughs> Scotland, though. <laughs> Yeah, we get real money as well, even though technically it's not real money. Let's not have that argument again. <laughs> that's what you, that's what your cap should be used for. <laughs> I do hope you I do hope you get it. So I know that's, that's good to hear. That's legal tender. <laughs> <laughs> Judge, legal tender question. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, I'll be right up. Anyway. Where were we? <laughs> well, none of us were at Worlds, but we were pretending we were at Worlds last Friday when we were doing a little bit of commenting. How was the final? I wasn't there to see it. I haven't watched it again on the stream. Uh, what was the game like? Was it much better than last year's final? It probably couldn't have been much worse. Well, it was uh, Grotor Reigns versus Targ Crossing, um, a Yank whose name escapes me, from Northern California, I believe. Uh, Eric, of course. Yeah, Eric sounds familiar. Mm-hmm. Um, versus, of course, Reinhard from Austria. Mm-hmm. We on the stream, of course, being completely impartial, wanted the better player to win, and of course, the better player did win. Um, good. Coincidentally, he was from Europe. <laughs> but um, we had a good time, which is what's important. There were more mistakes than one would hope there would be in the World Championships. Watching mm. the stream, there were enough opportunities for us to go, oh, that was an interesting play, in a <laughs> bad way. And sometimes, you know, it, it, it rode out and, okay, it was the right play. Um, and we were wrong. But also often it was just like, whoever you are, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and there's, there's no way to pull that punch. That is That is what we thought. It's just like, well, you misplayed there really fucking hard and it was like that all day and it just, it just goes to show you know um etc 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 competitiveness worlds versus starlight <laughs> we 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 know that the the team europe all uh, however many you know 20 odd europeans that went over there did pro- disproportionately well i think it's probably the best way to put it 
it was completely ridiculous. Like, we stomped all over them. You, the Yanks are terrible at Thrones. It's been proven year after year after year. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. So bring it. We didn't have any Brits in the top 16. Uh, that is true. Yeah. We nearly, yeah. so very, very nearly had a Brit in the top 16. And unfortunately, numbers said otherwise. Yeah, we uh, had a Brit at 17th, didn't we? We did, yeah. And we missed out on extra- extended strength of schedule, which really yeah. hurts. That's terrible. I mean, I mean, what kind of horrible human being do you have to be yeah. to miss out on a cut on extended strength of schedule? Yeah. I, I, I can't imagine being as humiliated as that. It's really bad as well, because obviously last year, Ryan made top eight. The year before, I made top eight. So, mm. Darren, you must be fucking shit at Thrones. Just seriously awful. I'm gonna gloss. I, I wanted to gloss over, it, but it's much better to just really take it in your teeth and just, you know, work out the intricacies of this position <laughs> yeah. that Darren had, where he could have done better. Just less shit. Yeah, less he shit. He was in general. less shit, and it's a real shame because he's normally fine, but this time he just lets down. Never mind, Darren. There's always Starlight, right? Well, you're sleeping on the floor the night before Stalek now, Darren. <laughs> you were going to sleep on the sofa, but now the sofa's out of bounds and you're sleeping outside on the ground. That's enough about Darren. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> All very good. One by an Austrian, one by a European. Fantastic. Well done to everyone that went and did as well as they could possibly do. Oh, I was going to say, on that note, there were a couple of rather bizarre rules interactions on the stream. I don't know if you saw any. The the one that comes to mind for me is in the first game we watched, they set the, the players set up and they drew back up and then peel. What happens after you set up and you've drawn back up? What, what do you do after that? What is the first thing you do after setting up your cards and drawing back to seven? Uh, presumably you flip a plot. Yeah. Yeah, mm. see, that's what I would think you would do in second edition. Because I was kind of, the way you were asking it there, I was like, this is a trick, surely. <laughs> there's an answer that's clearly, and there's a rules question I've missed somewhere, somewhere along the lines. But no, I definitely well, don't want if, if you were playing first edition, Peel, mm? what would you do in that action? What would you do between potentially setting your things up and drawing back up and before flipping your first plot? Would you potentially have something in there? Would you potentially play a card that might give you card advantage? Would, I is might there play a... So a plea pro... Uh, yeah, yeah. A pre-plot action, potentially, yes. Yeah, you might have a pre-plot action, that's right. If possible, but they don't exist anymore. Exactly! But sadly, <laughs> on the stream, someone did pre-plot an action. And in fairness to him... It was the king of pre-plot actions. It was the first turn. Much and more. But uh, sadly for him, that's not an action window anymore. No. Oh, that's a shame. So everyone kind of looked at him and just went, what? (laughs) (laughs) Wait, wait, judge? (laughs) The judge is just like, you twats. (laughs) But that was was, was fun to watch. Bless him. Try, try to live true to his roots. Yeah, I've got a certain amount of respect for the guy that, that tries to pull off a pre-plot action in second edition with the yeah the best pre-plot action there. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, they 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 stamp down on him understandably hard. <laughs> yeah, a bit of a shame, really. Yeah, would have been nice to have that come back a little bit just mm. for the day, as if it was like living the dream. So, so that was uh, that was one rules interaction that I saw on the stream that was less than stellar. Another one later where a player uh, played a bodyguard on Dagma. And I think if you uh, if you read his traits, I think he's captain. He may even be Ironborn, I don't know off the top of my head. But he is yeah. most certainly not a lady and he is not a lord. And whilst, you know, playing bodyguard on a character who is not a lord or a lady is sad for games, it did at least let me tell the story about people playing things on Beric at Frackers in 20, 2015. <laughs> that was fun for us, at least. And if you want to hear that, then then go back to episode six or whatever it is and hear mm. my uh, my fracas report. And you'll get mm. to hear all about that. And it's just well worth listening to. It is Middlesbrough's favourite banter episode. <laughs> <laughs> right, so it's done and dusted until next year, where whether the community likes it or not, 
2018 Worlds will still be taking place in fucking Minnesota. <laughs> because it's where FFG have their headquarters and where Worlds is going to take place pretty much forevermore, whether you like it or not. And Doesn't really make sense ever changing it, does it? No, of course it doesn't. And no. people moan and moan about it as much as they like, but it ain't moving. The end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. And yeah, forevermore. Amen. And I'm fine with that. It makes sense. Yeah. And now there's Euros. Why would I care? Exactly. I mean, if you remember last year or 18 months ago when everyone was moaning about where Euros is going to be and that I maybe understand, that I understand because, you know, Europe's a big continent. Europe's a big continent made up of lots of different countries. Lots of different countries kind of want to host the European Championships. I understand that. It's a very, very different argument to where the company that publishes the game that produces a world championship event, you know, that's always going to be at the headquarters of said world championship company. So, yeah, it's not really a discussion, guys. You can have as many fucking comment threads as you like. No one's going to listen and no one's going to move it. When we get magic numbers, we can talk. Then they will discuss it. Until then, it's not happening. Right, that's Worlds. Done. Till next year. Oh, can we discuss the fact that uh, three of the four games were won by Europeans and one of the games was won by an Australian? Oh, uh, yeah. Right enough. The Netrunner was run by an Australian, yeah? Yeah, and we'll just pass there. That, that's enough, I think. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that, that pretty much tells its own story, doesn't it? Yep. On to the other tournament of note. Some would say the only tournament that matters. Starlight 2017. This year, we're going to have record numbers of attendees. We're going to have more people from more countries around the world uh, than ever before. Probably more people that have never been to Stalic before. So we thought that we could provide a very, very useful service in helping out said people find their way around the, the ins and outs and intricacies of attending and performing at Stalic 2017. Now, as you said before, we've all been before. We've all been a couple of times before. We're all well aware of what you have, to, all the do's and don'ts of going to Stalic. A little bit of background to begin with for those of you that, that, that don't know, and especially Americans who will never have seen anything quite as old as this in their lives. Stalic itself, the tournament, is named after the castle that exists or did exist on the top of a massive hill in a town called Bacharach in, uh, on the, in the Rhine Valley. No relation. Yeah, no relation indeed. The castle itself was blown up by the French in the 17th century and was rebuilt in the turn of the century and around about the 20s. And it's been a youth hostel for about 90 years and is still a youth hostel, which is the reason that it can cope with a couple of hundred Thrones players every November. So the castle isn't maybe as old as you think it will be, but the town itself, the beautiful town of Bacharach, is older than anything you've seen before. It's Beautiful, it's very quiet, it doesn't have much open, it doesn't matter, we swamp the place with Thrones players every year. Uh, most of the games take place actually in the town hall rather than the castle itself, but you will get to see the castle every night, providing you're willing to climb the 17,500 stairs there are to the <laughs> castle. That in itself answers us one of the many questions that we were asked on Facebook today. So, it does. It does. So I'm going to go over to these questions and I'm going to hit you guys with some detailed interrogation uh, provided by the community at large. And let's see if we can help these uh, poor, poor newbies uh, have a better weekend, shall we? So the first one we got today was from a young man named Sandy Barnabas, who asked us, if my flight lands on Thursday morning in Frankfurt, will I have time to melee? Yes. Yes, Andy. <laughs> Melee takes place Friday. You arrive on Thursday. Thursday is the day before Friday. It doesn't take a day to get to Bacharach. It can do if you walk. can do if you're Sandy Barnabas. <laughs> Don't rent a car. Uh, or if you are getting a taxi, there is that, actually. Um, try and do it in a group if you can. It can be quite costly on your own. Uh, the taxi drivers are quite useful and do generally... No English, and if you've got the address, they can normally just drive you straight there. But if you've got, I don't think they're going to have time now, but there have been coaches hired in the past that go over, but you have to privately book them out. Mm. How are you getting to Starlight, Dave? Uh, I'm on the banter bus. Which is coming from where? From Frankfurt Hahn to B. 
Bacharach Central. I think <laughs> that's what it's called. Um, yeah. Uh, Keb oh. organised it, and there's about 20 of us uh, flying in from Stansted to Bacharach Han. Not Bacharach Han, uh, Frankfurt Han. And then getting the bus from there. She's, mm. uh, Keb has ordered a, uh, a bus to take us. So. Excellent. Lovely stuff. Same as last year, which was a fantastic journey. And now it's only going to be better, you know? It's all up from here. Now we've got rid of Peel. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, oh. Peel. That was harsh. That was very harsh. It's you know it's 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 tough for me because uh, Peel was here this weekend. He uh, he spent a lovely weekend in London, and we you know we we bonded we obviously. Um, and now the fact that he isn't going to be there a week from now, and I'm going to see all my friends without him is just quite heartbreaking. So I'm kind of lashing out at Peel. So if you see any venomous comments on Facebook. That, it's all that. He's just upset, Pio. He's just upset. <laughs> Let him vent. I presume Mr. Sandy Barnabas, young Sandy Barnabas, is arriving in Frankfurt, uh, the main Frankfurt airport, which is where I fly to every year as well. And we get from Frankfurt to Bacharach on a lovely train, which takes about an hour. Really, really easy. Pretty cheap. It's about 10 euros. Takes about an hour to get there. Absolutely no problem whatsoever. You get off, you're at the back of the town hall, you just have to do the steps. That's it. Sandy, so I, I hope that helps. The train station is incredibly close to the town hall. If you are arriving the morning of an event, as long as you give, you know, 15 minutes to register and get there at the end of registration time, you'll be fine. It is literally right next to it. Yeah. If you're arriving after the registration time, you are, of course, fucked. So exactly. <laughs> there is your rule of thumb. Thursday, mm-hmm. fine. Friday, pushing it. I think uh, Mr. Barnabas has a good chance of making the melee if he follows those instructions. The next question I have here is from uh, a young Tom Beskers, mm-hmm. which kind of relates to what we've been saying already. His question says, if I am a first-time attendee, which he isn't. do I have to climb the stairs of death? No. Yes. No. Yes. You can take around, you can walk around the road. You could. You could. It's longer and and longer and just no. You you have to climb. Actually, honestly, I didn't know you could take the road. I like obviously you can because I've driven up there, but I never even thought about that. Yeah. So that's kind of a yeah, no. it's kind of revolutionary to me right now. <laughs> I feel like the road would be nicer if you had if you had a few beers and a backpack on and you just wanted a nice stroll. The road would be lovely. It seems quite long, though, because it is a good five-minute drive down from Starlek to the town. It would probably take you about half an hour or so, I'd say. Yeah. Well, having, having done the walk, it's, a, it's okay. just over, like, from the, from the back end of town, which isn't saying much because, you know, it only takes five minutes to walk from one end of town to the other. Yeah. The back end of town, it, it's just over a mile, I think. And the walk, the walk can be just as punishing as the stairs. Because it's one of those walks that has a gentle incline that just slowly increases, 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 and you suddenly realise that that you know your calf muscles are killing you, and that you probably shouldn't have had about five or six fags on the way up the road. You know, it's not that it's not that easy. It also, obviously, as you say, it takes takes about half an hour to get around there, and you can't really do that every day. And you tend to stand at the bottom of the hill where the chapel is and look up at the castle and go, the castle's just there. I can practically touch it. Practically touch it. I'm There's no leaves on the trees at this time of year, so you can through all the kind of you can see through all the uh, you know the, the, the forest that the castle the, that the castle rock kind of stands on, and you can see the castle, and you go, ah, I'll just pop up here. Should be fine. Be up there in five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, look, the, and, uh, when you're looking up, it does almost look as if it's kind of like the first floor or something. Yeah, like oh, a couple of quick floors in the office. Mm. Be fine. I walk the office steps. There's no problems around that. Mm. And then you you get past the bit that feels like the office steps, and then it's another it's another world out there. Yeah, the castle well, vanishes. <laughs> you kind of get to the point where the castle just vanishes from sight. You're walking yeah, up you, there towards yeah. it, and then all of a sudden it just it's just gone, and you're like, oh fuck! And you have to just keep walking um, until eventually well, you, get... you walk around the corner and there's a bench and it's there. Like, oh fuck's sake! Oh, the, the once you're at the bench, it's it's home. You know, you're home free. Like you turn the corner and you've got like a quite a long, not too steep, but there is an incline walk up through the gate, and then you go a bit further and you turn and you're there. And it, it seems that you're not as high as you are, but once you're at the bench, you can take a minute to just collect yourself, enjoy the view, and then go up. But if you if you can't get to the bench, then you are 
<laughs> I'd like to see uh, a little competition launched by us to who can get the best picture at the bench. Ooh. Whether it's in front of the scenery or whether it's on the bench, who can get the best picture at the bench? Because I know at some point someone will have a nap on it. I'm I'm a big fan of that. It's a great. I mean, you walk up and you then you see the bench and then you lie down and then about half an hour sometimes someone just wakes you up. Yeah. It's like oh cool, and then you just stand up and walk off again. Yeah, it's a lovely kind of. It's like the mezzanine level of the of the village. It's like you once you once you get up there, inevitably unbutton the first two or three buttons of your shirt or whatever because you're boiling hot from the exertion <laughs> of climbing up, you know, however many hundred stairs, and you have a wee rest and you have a wander around and kind of look at the view because the view is, is fantastic. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've got a picture of Mitch topless on that bench. <laughs> and I've got pictures of Mitch topless in most places. So, <laughs> but, that, but that is a it's a lovely little kind of interim place to kind of stop you look out over the valley consider how you're going to approach the much more slippery uh, set of stairs that takes you up to the castle the other thing to note while we're still talking about the stairs is the stairs is just as bad on the way down no they're fine they're just quick they're fucking death defying on the way down (laughs) Because for those of us for those of us <laughs> for those of us that stay in a B and B in town, inevitably we're coming back down from the castle at two in the morning, three in the morning, sometimes later. And if yeah. it's been rain, I'd say if it's been raining, when it's been raining, it's which will be at some point. Well, hopefully, hopefully it's during the day. I mean this in the best possible way because you need it to be clear there at night so you can fucking see. It it's br- it's absolutely brutal. You can't see a thing. It's slippery. Don't under any circumstances think you can run down the stairs because you will not be present for cards the next day. <laughs> we have had people fall down there and actually get injured, so it is a serious no. That's the one time we've ever done a serious no, for reference. Pretty much, up. pretty much, but it's, it's, it's important. The answer to Tom's question basically is, yes, you have to climb the stairs of death. Also, NB, they're called the stairs of death for a reason. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're not fun. Um, if you're feeling a bit, then just sit on the bench and relax. I've got to say, on separate occasions, I've escorted Waffle, Crocodile Hammers, and Reese down those stairs. And each time it's more pleasant than going up the stairs. Even if I have to, like, emotionally reassure, reassure them the entire way down. Especially Hammers, was was just like a gibbering mess. I'm pretty sure year. I escorted Hammers down as well at one point. Yeah, it's not a pleasant experience. Same night. I think I did it first or something. <laughs> Probably he wasn't was the same Ill. night, but it would have been the same year. <laughs> there was there was one point he kind of went downstairs, and I swear he went back to the hotel and went to bed, and they just appeared like a couple of hours later, topless, and then <laughs> fell in a bin. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I think that might have been after I've left or something. Oh, I think he might have come down with us the first time. It may have been aided. Someone I was aided. <laughs> yeah. The important thing is that when you're going down the stairs, you're usually not on a deadline. You're not on a time limit. Take your time because it, the, the first time you go down them will be fucking terrifying. The first time you go up them will be you'll never, ever want to do it again. And for those of you staying at the castle who are taking part in the melee and joust, you'll be coming down them about half past eight in the morning, which is fine. You know, beautiful view and all that. And going back up them at night, you know, if you're staying at the castle, that's that's it's, you know, you've got the whole thing kind of topsy turvy. For those of us that stay in the town that have to kind of go up this up the stairs in the morning and then come down them at night, different matter, I guess. I'd I'd say it's definitely better doing it in early on. Yeah, I would much rather come home and or go home by going down the stairs yeah. than go home by going up the stairs because going home by going up the stairs is 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 something else. Mm. Just, it's not pleasant, I'm afraid. Yeah. But enough about the stairs. On to a question from Jonas Kieskums, who's a Belgian lad, yep. I think. He is. He was at Blackwater this year. Lovely chap. How much beer do we bring? Asked Jonas. Also, what is your favourite Belgian beer? Sub question Is bribing allowed in melee and in joust? Thanks. Yes. Oh, no, thanks to you, Jonas, for your question. <laughs> <laughs> Peel, what's your? How much beer should we bring, and what's your favourite Belgian beer? I wouldn't really bother bringing beer in, um, along unless you're driving, um, in which case bring as much as you like. But it's very cheap, and you can buy it, and it's in mass quantities. Mm. I think uh, I think it's definitely worth bringing some interesting beers from across Europe if you can. 
Obviously, we're never going to bring it because that would be fucking ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, we just bring your back to you. Beers at Starlecker, what? Two, two fifty, three euros a beer. If that. Um, very, very, very reasonable. But do please bring beers from your country so that people can taste them. If your dad is driving, which I believe he is, is he not? He is driving to the to the airport. Ah, bugger. Ah, uh, that's a shame. Is anyone not flying? Wedge isn't. If Wedge could t- bring over a, a can of or some cans of Tenant Superbrew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, demonstrating what the Brits have to bring to the table. Like that, there we go. That's There's some serious British lager, yeah. Yeah, this will fuck you up with two cans. Yes, I remember your 21st feel. <laughs> yeah. It was not pleasant. I remember we ran away. <laughs> yeah, was, it was pleasant actually. Um, it was very pleasant. I didn't really have a hangover and then we had pizza. Yeah, yeah. fair play, yeah. I, we ran away, we went to my favourite pub and did all the shots and all the cocktails in an order. We went down the list. <laughs> yeah. What's your favourite Belgian beer, Peel? Cronenberg. And Cronenberg is technically French now, but wasn't when it was first brewed in 1664, so therefore counts as Belgian. I think Dave agreed with that earlier. I, mm. Yep, having seen the proof, I agree with it. Yeah, you can get it everywhere and it's Belgian, so there you go. If anything, I'm giving the Belgians something back, you know? I agree with them, it's theirs. <laughs> Belgian would be very happy. Do you have a favourite Belgian beer, Dave? I do, yeah. Um, there was a uh, Belgian pub in Norwich when I was at university called the Belgian Monk that sold a lot of Belgian beers. I don't think, sadly, you ever took me there. Really? I, I think, genuinely, to this day, I don't think I've ever been. Uh, it, was an, it was an expensive place. It was You go there for one or two and then you go to Spoons rather than exactly. going out afterwards. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Then we will go there, Peel. We'll go there at some point. Especially if Norwich gets a regional next year. Okay, so, uh, yeah, and uh, my favourite there of many was uh, the Lindemann's Cassis, which was a blackcurrant flavoured beer. And normally I'm not really into the flavoured beers, but these, this one and the apple beer, and they were just so intensely flavoured that they were really, really nice. Dave, you have shocked and stunned me. You have taken the words right out of my mouth. I'm not a massive beer drinker, unless, yeah. I'm in, unless I'm in Germany, in which case, you know, when in Germany. Um, but my favourite Belgian beer would be a Lindemann's Creek, which is the flavoured kind of, what do they call them, lim- lim- lambic beers? Right. Um, and they are the, like, framboise, they're, or, you know, they're like raspberry beers or cherry beers or yeah. beers, and they are absolutely phenomenal. They are. They really are. My favourite being the apple, certainly. That, that was my answer prepared. and uh, So... So please, if you've got any of those, bring them. Bring us some fruity Belgian beer. Fucking lovely. Also, man. if anyone has any mango cider, I suggest you bring that as well, just because <laughs> if you haven't tried it before, it's well worth it. Um, oh, just the mango cider. Do yourself a favour, find some mango cider, and you will not look back. It that, will be like, it is the amber nectar. It, it really is. It is. That's very much a British thing, I think, because it's very much a British cider that we drank. It's a very lovely way of having alcohol in the summer. We can live Facebook our New Year's as we drink the mango cider this New Year's. Uh, as we normally live Facebook our New Year's to an extent. But uh, yeah. I need to be well on best behaviour. Um, <laughs> now, Jonas's sub-question was, and he's cheating here, he's got two or three questions in the one comment, but you know we'll let him off, he's a lovely man. Is bribing allowed in melee? Yes. Correct. Is bribing allowed in joust? Not really, but if you're really that desperate, yes. Correct. It's, it's, I think it's very much a, are you bribing someone outside of the game? In which case, go to hell, you craven. <laughs> 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 um, yeah. If you're buying someone a beer in a game, fine. Great. Absolutely. Into it. Yeah. Not a problem. It all needs to be above the table, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 I, I must admit, buying a beer is quite a nice way of sitting down at a melee table. Go over yeah. with like four beers and just sit down. Right, there you go, lad. I assume you've heard the classic uh, Istvan story where Istvan sat down at the table and he goes, have you got an action? No. Have you got an action? No. Have you got an action? No. Well, then you can have a beer. Have you got an action? Have you got an action? <laughs> and they just went round. And ev- as everyone passed their pre-plot actions, they all got beers. Hey. Um, and that's perfect. That's but nice when, you, thing, yeah. when you discuss giving people beers before the game, Go to hell. Yeah. Not consider bribing just 
a good game of melee. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We play melee properly here. Yeah. Next question here is from young Luis Gustavo Bretas, a Brazilian boy. I'm led to believe. Performed quite well at Starlight last year. He has a couple yeah. of questions. He has a couple of questions here. Do people cosplay? Let's say a group of noobs want to come dress as Blood Riders. How do they decide who will be Recaro? <laughs> let's deal. Let's deal oh. with that first. How do people decide who's Recaro? Yeah. Well, Lewis, if you have to decide, if it's your group, you are Recaro, because I'm pretty sure every listener's questions we've done in the last eighteen months. Rakaro's come up and it's always been you and I appreciate that because you know he's cutting a fine figure of a man in that art and you know I I see resemblance you know I really appreciate that <laughs> do people cosplay yeah yeah cos- weird to call it cosplay isn't it there there's certainly an element of fancy dress for the melee on the Friday yeah certainly yeah, yeah there, there is um come dressed up as anyone really I think that's I think there's even a little prize isn't there for best dressed on I don't think there is. <laughs> if there is, I've missed it every year. <laughs> that should be a thing. Because it's mostly Keb that organised the fancy dress. <laughs> Maybe there's not a prize then. Um, Maybe it's just the adoration of Keb. I would say make sure you are comfy. Don't dress anything that's going to start, you know, being a little bit... You know, don't wear a full metal casket, trousers. Um, <laughs> just, just, if you go in full armour, just kind of pass on the trousers. Wear trackies. Because it's it is a long kind of hard day and it can get hot in there or cold depending on which well depending on whether the fucking heat is work. Louise, I look forward to you cosplaying your beautiful little heart out. And if anyone cosplays as Peel, they get a beer. <laughs> I don't know what that involves, but <laughs> I'm excited to find out. Glasses, t-shirt, and comfy trousers. <laughs> it's quite easy. We've yeah. had a question. We've had a question about people. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> Louise's sec- second question is a little bit more straightforward and to the point. How much time should I allocate between major events, side events, and free time? Isn't it all free time, and then you fit everything else in as it comes? You kind of wander around, don't you? Going if if you're not playing, you can just wander around, kind of yeah. seeing what's on. And, um, and at some point during that, there's an event. And you're just like, oh, I guess it's time to play the event. And then you play the event, and then you're just like, now I have free time, so I can abuse people. And then you play some more event, and then you're just like, I guess everyone's sitting down, so I may as well sit down as well. Weirdly, the answer to this question is kind of in in the question. This is how you allocate your time, Louise. <laughs> you allocate your time between the major events, between the side events, <laughs> free time. <laughs> There you go. That's how you do it. I guess, I guess the thing here, I guess the clashes really are between the side events and the free time because the, you're going to be probably taking part in the big major events, which are the melee on the Friday and the joust on the Saturday. The side events take place usually in the kind of in the evenings or kind of late afternoons. So you have to come and make a decision whether you're going to play in a side event or have some free time. That's entirely up to you. If you play in the side events, you'll have a lovely time anyway. Because the, they tend to be the draft events for the CCG and the first edition event on the Sunday are incredible fun anyway. So while you know the, the, you'll have just as much fun playing them as you will, you know, spending free time up at the castle. Whatever you fucking want, mate. Just don't play all of them. Yeah, don't. If no, you're doing all of them, then you'll have time to come into the cafe and chat to us and chat to other people who are probably nice. We want to we want to see you, Louise. Yeah. We don't want spending too much time competing. We want to see you. See, two years ago, when we walked into the cafe, Craven and Peel walked in, and this is their first Road to Starlack event, or indeed Starlack event, since we started the podcast, and people started singing the theme tune. So hmm. really, when everybody sees Tony at all times this weekend, they should really <laughs> make him feel at home as the new host of the podcast, and they should just <laughs> sing about how great Peel, Craven, and I are. Every <laughs> time they see Tony. Um, but particularly when Tony's not made the cut and other people are playing Thrones and he's just doing other things. Do you agree? I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> you, you guys knock yourself out. 
I'll try not let it get under my skin. I'll probably be drunk anyway. So yeah, you guys do. You guys do whatever you like. Whatever, whatever. If it if it makes you all happy, you crack on. I, I look forward to it. We'll be made to feel welcome one way or another. I think um, that will. Uh, I will try and uh, come up with some words for the um, new one post Starlek. I think it would be nice to start season four post Starlek. <laughs> no, grand idea. Grand idea. I'll go for that. Now, there's a question here, technically not about Starlek, I guess. Certainly about another aspect of Starlek, which has uh, risen to prominence in the last couple of years. A young Matt Chandler asks, who will win karaoke? Open brackets. Yes, it is a competition. And oh, I didn't know there was karaoke, was there? Now, there's a lot of replies here from American gentlemen that, that, that want to make you know want that want to, to compete uh with karaoke which seems to be a fairly large part of american kind of post uh post tournament events they tend to enjoy doing their karaoke after worlds after gen con that kind of thing and i think there's going to be some karaoke this year and of course there's people competitive with karaoke it's mr sandy barnabas who we've mentioned already predicts an american wins karaoke me, he says. Hmm. I'm not sure I approve. We don't need another competition. Although what, karaoke. Yeah, we don't need another co- competition. We I, we all I, love I, a bit I, of karaoke, but it's not competitive, is it? Well, it can be, I suppose. It can be, but it doesn't. Need I'd to give be. it a bash. I'd I go mean, for it. You know, defend the honour. Oh yeah, what's your karaoke song do? My karaoke song on my own. Yeah. On my own, it is uh, "Holding Out for a Hero" by Bonnie Tyler. Oh, of course. Yeah, and, yeah. It's, and it's fucking cracking, mate. It's fucking cracking. Although I have a wide range, obviously. And yeah. as Party Marty will be there, you can expect some duetting Neil Sedaka. Curious, because my yeah. karaoke tune of choice is Total Eclipse of the Heart. Wow. Ooh, so You're both going to be a, the divas. Gonna, we're going to go for a Bonnie Tyler double bill. <laughs> You have no idea how happy that makes me, Tony. <laughs> it's just what Germany needs. It's just what Germany needs. <laughs> so, so yeah, I expect a bit. I expect lots of singing. I expect lots of singing. All good. And the retro disco, which usually, uh, which certainly took place last year on the Saturday, I believe it was a Saturday night. We could hear from our B and B in the town. Yeah. It uh, the sound travelled, but yeah. good on them. Christopher Sweeney writes. How salty is the salty yogurt from the kebab shop? Anyone have any uh, experience of uh, the kebab shop salty yogurt? I don't touch that stuff. Yeah, I I pass on the yogurty sauces. Mm. I'm more of a ketchup or spicy sauce kind of man. Yeah, me too. I mean, it does bring up the fact that it's very it's it's very easy to underestimate how important the kebab shop is in the Starlake experience. I think Mm. we should underestimate it. At least until after Starlek, mm. so that it's easier for us to get kebabs. Yeah. Because it gets really busy. So if we just downplay it now, and the week after, just be like, why did you all get kebabs? It was amazing. It was like, that was great. The shop was empty. Why yeah. were you not? <laughs> you're all you're all idiots. It was amazing. And then next year, they would have forgotten. It was like, oh no 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 no. <laughs> Everybody is at the castle. <laughs> we should at least get the guys. You know, get his number, his email address, or his or or some way to contact him like a week before Stalic, as of about now, to tell him to get more meat in, <laughs> because he always runs out. By Saturday, he always runs out of kebab meat. Yeah. See, last year we spoke to uh, we spoke to the lady who runs the cafe slightly off um, from the kebab shop. Oh yeah, she was lovely. Yeah, 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 yeah I remember. Who, who was uh, who runs the um, the apartment we're staying in? Mm. And she said that. We booked in last year, and she was just like, right, there's loads of people booked in. What is going on this weekend? Because it sounds like they're coming for an event, and everyone's like, we don't know. Hmm. And then suddenly they kind of pieced together the pieces that, oh yeah, hmm. every November all these weird people turn up. And, <laughs> and it's just like, why is there... No one has any idea. And it's suddenly it's like, oh yeah, no, we're not going to open because, you know, why would we open? It's off-season. So this year, it may be slightly different in that somebody has actually gone to like the neighbourhood council and gone, guys, there are going to be people this mm. weekend and they might want to do things. So we might see slightly more restaurants open and the kebab shop might have slightly more meat and that kind of thing. 
So again, for those people that for those people that have never been been, this is a tiny little sleepy village on the Rhine, which in November obviously is out of season for tourists. During the summer, during during the summer months, I imagine this place is relatively full and and and, and relatively kind of you know jumping with the, with tourists and hikers and 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 all you know people going on tours of uh, of tours of Germany. In November, when it's kind of wet and cold, the place is practically shut, and then three hundred idiots descend on this place out of the blue and there's no one really aside from the youth hostel to cater for them and no one's really as you say you know no one's ever gone to any local businesses and gone you might want to open this weekend and you might want to get some more stock in because there's going to be thirsty and hungry you know thrones players that aren't going to be eating mystery meat up at the castle and hopefully as you say hopefully something might you know might change this, uh, this year because you know there's a couple of restaurants open in the town but they only open for a few you know a few hours every night there's only a couple of pubs and they open when they can get to the door to open the door. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know when these there's, there's so many pubs and they're all down the same bloody street. And I, I don't think they're ever open. I don't, I've never, there's pubs like proper in old school German pubs, like there. And you can see there's like tables and all this, like these nice kind of pubs, and everything up this up this road, but you just you they're always closed. Yeah, I've you never had. You, get, you, you get to the corner shop, and then that's it. Just mm-hmm. there's a supermarket, and jobs are good, and there's nothing further up there. We went for a pizza a couple of years ago, which was pretty decent, but they fucked up our order because we're English and we have no idea what's going on. Mm. There's a Greek yeah. restaurant, if I remember right. There's yeah. a restaurant that me and Helen went to on not last year, the year before, which was very. You know, a little bit posh. The, the wine was very good. It's important to to, to note kind of new uh, new people to the area that Bacharach's a big wine producing region, so the wine is phenomenal if you're into that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. there's a couple of there's a couple of restaurants that are kind of open, but again only for like a few hours and kind of peak times. And but there are tons of pubs, and I don't think I've ever sat and actually had a pint in one. The B, there's plenty of B and Bs, and you can I guess they've got their little restaurants and the like, but. It's a sleepy little town that gets very, very noisy for three days, and then we leave it alone for another year. <laughs> so that's that's the way it works. Um, so let me see, let me see what we have here is a question from Matt Edelman. A young Matt asks, "What are some useful German phrases for getting to the town and for checking into my hotel?" Well, Matt, uh, this will be your, probably your first visit to Germany, let alone a visit to Stalek. And now my German is very, very ropey. And I'm not sure that I can give you any help with German phrases that would help you check into your hotel, hopefully, or getting to Bacharach in the first place. Usually, you know, English is spoken pretty pretty decently in Germany. You'll be able to get to Stalag quite well. But what I have come up with, hopefully a little resource for the listeners here, are some phrases that might help you over the weekend. I've got some useful German phrases for all eight houses of Game of Thrones. So, guys... Get my best German accent on. Pick one of the eight houses. Okay, then. Dave, do you want to go first? Oh, go on then. Martel, then. We'll start with Martel. Martel. Okay, here's a very, very useful German phrase if you're playing against a Martel player. Holen Sie Ihre Hande von meinen Intrigue-Icons. Holen Sie Ihre Hande von meinen Intrigue-Icons. Get your hands off my intrigue icons. <laughs> Next. Greyjoy. Greyjoy. Can ich mir deinen Ablagestapel ansehen? Can ich mir deinen Ablagestapel ansehen? Can I look at your discard piles? <laughs> You've really thought about this. <laughs> Next. Barra. Barra. Schau dir meinen schönen Tisch und Stuhl an. Schau dir meinen schönen Tisch und Stuhl an. Look at my lovely table and chair. (laughs) Another one? I'll take um, Night's Watch. Night's Watch. Bitte wach auf. Ich möchte das Geschenk auslösen. Bitte wach auf. Ich möchte das Geschenk auslösen. Please wake up. I would like to trigger the gift. 
<lacht> oh, Tyrell. Tyrell. Kann ich die Laube beim Einrichten duplizieren? Kann ich die Laube beim Einrichten duplizieren? Can I dupe the arbor on setup? Imagine, imagine that's going to be uh, it's going to be really helpful this weekend. There's going to be lots of Tyrell, I think, being played, and you know, I think that's going to be very helpful for those uh, Tyrell players. Uh, what, what, what if it was the red wine straights? <laughs> um, oh, can't help you there. My, my jam is obviously very good, but just not good enough. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. So we've Lannister, got uh, Lannister. <laughs> Lannister. Okay. Ich habe vergessen Tyrion ausrosen. Kann ich zwei Gold nehmen? Ich habe vergessen Tyrion ausrosen. Kann ich zwei Gold nehmen? I forgot to trigger Tyrion. Can I have two gold? <laughs> <laughs> the last one here is the penultimate here is Targaryen. Wie viele tote Charaktere hast du? Wie viele tote Charaktere hast du? How many dead characters do you have? <laughs> and last, last but not least, Stark. Es tut mir leid, es macht keinen Spaß, mit mir Karten zu spielen. Es tut mir leid, es macht keinen Spaß, mit mir Karten zu spielen. I'm sorry, it's not fun to play cards with you. <laughs> So that's a little bit for all uh, all Thrones players of the weekend. <laughs> Hopefully, you can use use those fit them into your conversations with people that speak German, or perhaps not. Um, a couple of a couple of general purpose phrases for the weekend. This is this will be particularly useful up at Starlight Castle if you get there. Was ist in diesem Geheimswollen Fleisch? What is in this mystery meat? <laughs> Are you still in the cafe? You probably, if you've never been before, you'll understand after the weekend. Danke, aber ich werde diesen Alkohol nicht trinken, Polnischer Mann. Thank you, but I will not drink this alcohol, Polish man. <laughs> <laughs> and the very last one, der Amerikaner ist schlecht im Spielkarten. The American is bad at playing cards. <laughs> I expect that one's going to get quite a lot of use. <laughs> so there you go, a bit, of a, a bit of a language lab for you there. You should probably put some beeps in there so you can repeat after me. <laughs> that was incredibly useful, Tony. So hopefully, Matt, that's uh, that's that's very useful. Um, let me see if there's let me see if there's any other questions. And here's a question for all of us. Uh, not strictly about Starlight, but certainly certainly an interesting. Poser. David Bradford asks, we all know Peel used to be a pair of jeans. My question is, for the rest of the cast and any guests, if you could be a piece of clothing, what piece of clothing would you be? <laughs> Peel, did you used to be a pair of jeans? I did, yeah, I was uh, on Dave's floor. <laughs> and he gradually evolved into the Thrones playing machine that he is today. <laughs> yeah, he really does enjoy that app. The little <laughs> online thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can love it. There's no shuffling involved. I can do as much surge effects as I want. It just doesn't matter. It's like, hey. <laughs> Would you still be a pair of jeans? David's asking. I believe so. Yeah. Dave, I think uh, jeans are a good secure thing. I agree. What kind? What, what kind of clothing would I be? If you could be a piece of clothing, what piece of clothing would you be? Oh God. Um. I think a nice, comfortable hoodie. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. I'd be. I'd be a trilby. <laughs> Twat. <laughs> kind of posh, kind of posh, kind of a little bit casual, but a little bit kind of posh. Twatty, definitely. Definitely a little bit twatty. But, you know, I've got a thing for headwear. I don't wear nearly enough headwear. I was particularly down on the the fact that the headwear and scarf game at Worlds this year was very, very poor. There were not enough hats. There were not enough scarves. There were thankfully not any bandanas that certainly I saw. Not a legitimate piece of headwear. <laughs> but I would, I just hoped, was at least hoping that someone would take the advantage and uh, try and psych out the opponent with a fantastic hat. Alas, not to be. Never mind. So let's get to the end of these questions. That's, I think the most pertinent questions left are, 
How, uh, from Francisco Gobantes Marin, how are you topping last year's marriage proposal? I didn't realize it was our responsibility to top last year's marriage proposal, but there was a marriage, there was a marriage proposal at Starlight last year. I think, I think Darren tops it right now, right? With his question three or three or so questions later. Well, that's not really topping it, is it? So, well, he, he does it in advance, which is more important, I guess. So everyone could celebrate our love in a, at Starlight the entire weekend. Darren has asked if Dave will marry him at Starlight. And my uh, answer is pass. Yeah. <laughs> no action. <laughs> yeah. End of phase. <laughs> yeah. There was a lovely marriage proposal at Starlight last year. It was very nice. I saw all the, vo- the video footage. Um, I don't know what could possibly top that. I mean, a divorce, I don't know, a suicide. <laughs> I don't know what, you know, <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> that would be the most depressing weekend ever. <laughs> God damn it, guys. Last year, it's all full of joy and new beginnings. This year, a divorce and a suicide. Like, woo. Yeah. Oh, God, that's the last time we let the Americans in. Yeah. <laughs> One Callum Johnson has asked, how much will you all miss me? Oh, is Callum not going either? Don't give him the dignity of his real name. I'm reading it off of Facebook. How much will you all miss Wex? A lot, Wex. We'll all miss you a lot. Wex is my Be there in he will be there in spirit. I think Wex will appreciate it if everyone just drinks rum. Um, <laughs> that's, a, that's kind of forgiven, isn't it? Yeah, very much. <laughs> we'll be drinking rum. Well, I hope that's given a very, very useful insight into uh, how best to handle your first Stalek. It's a very useful information about the time, very useful information about how to uh, handle yourself and how to get about. Is there anything else that we think we could tell people that we haven't told them already? I mean, Peter, what are you going to miss most by not being there this year? Uh, I'm going to miss the walk up the hill in a weird way. Um, <laughs> and and that, that, that nice feeling where you're just like, it's really cold, but you've got a massive coat on and you're just like, yeah. Mm. Everything's kind of a little bit joyful because oh, it is the start of winter and it's the first time you're ever out. And if it doesn't rain, it can be very nice. Oh, yeah, it's, it, it can be. It's not always Temperature-wise, it's not usually that cold there. It does tend to rain a lot, but you wrap up, and uh, it's a very pleasant place to spend the weekend, thrones aside. And Dave, what are you most looking forward to? Seeing all my lovely friends. Oh, I knew that was coming. <laughs> what, what other answers are there? This is true. I think we're all looking forward to just all the shenanigans that tend to take place over the weekend. Yeah, this, I'm going to be seeing, I assume, many pictures. And again, whoever can get the best bench picture. I think we have to issue some form of prize for that. Yeah, I think that's a challenge in itself. I think that's a definite uh, official challenge. Best picture at the bench. Uh, we'll, I mean, they'll be up on Facebook anyway, but I think we should def- definitely take submissions for the best bench picture. I dare say we might even be involved one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At the very least, it'll be an appearance on the cast, right, for the best bench picture. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. There's bound to be some other bits laying around somewhere. Games-wise, is, is there anything we can really predict for, you know, outcome-wise when it comes to the melee and the joust itself? Uh, it's going to be the first tournament that the House of Thorns box is going to be used and abused appropriately. Mace is good. So Mace is very good. I imagine there'll be a lot of Tyrell... I don't know if anyone's cracked doing something phenomenal out of, the, out of that box yet. It was interesting to note that this time last year, the Lanny box had just come out. And so everyone was messing about with all the new Lanny cars, but Lannister did not win Starlight last year. So whether a lot of people try various Tyrell builds this year to various levels of effect uh, will be remain to be seen. And there will be a... Uh, I don't know why, but I've got a weird feeling that Martel might win it. Mm. I just I have a... A sneaky suspicion. It's because you've always been attracted to Martel all these years, Peel. And it's just kind of like, suddenly you're not going, you just go, oh, actually, if they did win, that would just please me. Mm. <sighs> I do really need to try them at some point, I must admit. They're becoming... <laughs> they're so sneaky, and it's just like, oh, you fuck. And if I had all the sneaky, I know I'd have a smile. It's only been five years. <laughs> I mean, I'm the, the, you know, not going to go into names of proper predictions on who is going to win. I'll leave that to to Reese Power, which I'm sure will be in effect when it comes to the tournament next weekend. 
keep your eyes posted on our Facebook feed for any more information about favourites and the like. As for decks and what to play, I'm a week before Stalag, have no idea what I'm playing next week. I'm trying my best to not play Night's Watch. <laughs> you, just, you, just because I'd quite like to have more than two minutes in between each game to have a cigarette and just go outside for some fresh air. Uh, but we shall see. I've got a week of testing ahead of me. Not particularly enthralling hardcore testing, but I may as well test something. <laughs> and as for Melly, oh, who cares? <laughs> Go with Banterbridge, at least everyone's happy to see you. Well, judging by your performance last year on Banterbridge, it was not the overly overly exciting <laughs> play. No, but everyone else was really happy about it because they kept getting really decent stuff. Mm-hmm. Dave, you did pretty well. You did pretty well in melee last year. You know, you you got a pretty good idea what you're playing this year. Nope. But, not no idea at all. No, Good no. Stuff. I would do my traditional thing of asking someone else for a melee deck. Is that what you did last year? Uh, yep. Yeah, last year I got Johnny Wright's deck. Um, this year he probably won't give it to me because he'll also be at Starlex, so I'll ask Whammer. In both the last first edition thrones at Starlex, I've stolen Whammer's melee deck. The first mm. year I just stole it, and then, uh, <laughs> and then the year afterwards, um, I played the year before's deck, having Vince tweak it and then taking it to Worlds to tweak it further. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I've never taken my own melee deck to Starlex. Why would I bother with that? Yeah, fair enough. I was saying to Peel earlier on that my, I enjoy the day of melee more than I necessarily enjoy the games themselves. I think the day is fantastic. I have a right good laugh playing four games with nine, usually usually nine strangers. But, you know, as the years go on, they're less likely to be strangers, I guess. Yeah. But I usually have a lot of fun playing in the melee, even though I never do particularly well. But that's kind of part of the uh, part of the charm of it. And usually build a melee deck. Nice up. place to meet people. It is. It's a great place to meet people. It's a great place to meet people on the Friday and then kind of meet them again as the weekend goes on and go, hey, that's that guy I played in a melee game with and he absolutely destroyed me. Or, hey, that's that guy who was a total arsehole to me and he broke that deal that I thought, <laughs> I thought we had something between us and now I'm never going to speak to him again. But hey, high-five him anyway, he goes past. <laughs> kind of. So I'm really, I've always been really pleased that they do the melee on the Friday as a kind of weird icebreaker for people that have perhaps never been. Mm-hmm. So anyone that's coming for the first time, get as much as you can out of the melee on the Friday from a social perspective as well. Because the, ga- the games are the games, and if you're into your melee and you're, you're being really competitive about your melee, grand, knock yourself out, really enjoy yourself. But if you're not overly competitive with the melee, still, you'll still have a good time, I think, on the Friday. Possibly just being utterly destroyed, but you'll have a right good laugh at the tables, and you'll meet a lot of people you've never met before. That in itself, I think, is worth it. As for the joust, blah, anything fucking goes. And there's going to be more than 300 people there this year, am I right in saying, for the Saturday? 370, I believe. Where the fuck are we going to sit? On each other's laps, Tony. Are we going to be... <laughs> there's going to be, you know, there's going to be four games at the kebab shop at this rate. <laughs> so hopefully it's the top table. <laughs> top table at the kebab shop would be fantastic, yeah. <laughs> but God knows, they only just managed to squeeze in last year and kind of put people up on the mezzanine, so... Maybe um, I'll put them on the stage this year, have them up there too. Mm. <laughs> Next to the artists. Yeah, kick the artists yeah. out because they're not as important, yeah. Put, no, t- put the artists in the kitchen. They can just lean over that little balcony. That will no. Or they'll put them in that entrance hall. I wonder how far into that entrance hall the tables are going to end up. Because they were creeping very close to it last time. <laughs> there oh. might be another floor. For all we know, there's a basement under there and it's just massive again. It was True. all a lie. Yeah. 50 more than there were last year, so I can't imagine where they'll kind of... Uh, who knows? We'll figure out when we get there. But uh, again, for those of you who've never been there, Saturday's a squeeze. So have fun. Put some deodorant on. 